The boys are back. We are back, ready to record the uh, first podcast as a duo for 2024, talking AFL fantasy, and in particular, focusing on the early bright buy rounds. What are they? How do we uh, How do we tackle them this year? Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast, episode two, season two for the uh, for the pod for the YouTube channel. I'm your host Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, for the first time in season two, I've uh, unfortunately had to be uh, you know we've got him back in. I'm back. <laughs> we, we were downgraded <laughs> from Darren, who joined us in the first episode. Bro, and, you, uh, you had some got... knowledge getting around on that first episode. I'm well, sorry, yeah, I've I... come back and ruined it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're stuck with this loser here again for season but two. But why am I nervous? I don't know what to do with my hands. I was like, I haven't sat in this chair for a while. What so. do I do with my hands? I'll, get, uh, I'll yeah. get back to that nervous tick. I'll be touching the mic all season. Oh, the old mic touch. Get your shots ready, guys. But um, you did you did well with the, the interview with Darren, I thought, man. I yeah, thought, it was, was well, it was good just to get back in. And, you know, I've, I've been itching to get back into AFL fantasy mode. Know, and yeah. obviously, been busy with the basketball. But... As soon as that game opens, and it opened early this year, yeah. very early, um, just the mind starts ticking. You start to hear about these new buy rounds and all these round zero things, and strategy just starts to take over. And uh, no, but it was good to talk to Darren. Um, so if you haven't already, go mm. and check that one out. He's got lots of wisdom to drop on us. I know I was taking some notes <laughs> mid podcast, yeah, yeah, highlighting players that he was uh, identifying. So yes, do go and check that one out. But the, the, the brain was uh, the brain was working while I was listening to the podcast, and I I sort of I thought to myself, well, hang on a second, Darren Carr, <laughs> where are you going with this? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, oh, I've already actioned it. Luke Hat. <laughs> Mitch Hilux. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I've legally changed my name. I've worked out the secret source. <laughs> you guys have got no chance. Yeah. Luke Hat, let's Luke, go. Luke Hat, yeah. My name is uh, Mitch Hilux and I'm joined by Luke Hat. It's, it's all about embodying what you want in life. Yeah, it? it's, uh, what's what's the word? It's uh, projection, you know, you got to, you got to, you know. So, Thoughts to actions. <laughs> no more Luke Rogerson. It's Luke Hat from here on in, guys. Here we go. Well, 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 the other thing he, I took away from that, he was the year before he won the car, ranked 9,000 or something like that. So we're, we're both in with a chance. Anyone is in with Anyone a shot. Anyone is in. It doesn't matter right. what last year looked like. Fresh start and uh, we're ready to roll. But Well, I was optimistic until I saw the new buy thing because, you know, me, I'm quite a simpleton. I, I represent the, the layman. And uh, when I saw all this, my mind was just fried. So I'm going to need your help today, mate, to get through it. So, yeah, that, that's what we're going to spend most of today's podcast talking about is the early buy rounds. And it's it's the major difference for this season. And what the hell... Well, first of all, what are they? And uh, <laughs> what the hell is early buy? What the what the hell is round zero? Um, and that uh, doesn't matter for us. And, yep. and then again, what how does that affect our strategy? Okay, so that's what we're going to spend most of today's podcast on. So talking about round zero... Um, well, first of all, the AFL has gone and decided we're going to do this weird round zero thing where we're going to have, how many teams is it? Eight teams playing yep. in the in the opening round. So we've got 10 teams effectively on a bye in the first week of the AFL. So for fantasy purposes, it doesn't matter. No scores are going to count. Fantasy will start week one. However, 
This is a, this is an important factor here. Prices will be affected by the scores in that opening round, so that after the first official round of AFL Fantasy, which is round one, we will get a bigger price movement for those who had an opening round score. Yep depending on if it's high, if it's low. So that will affect their break even going to the first round of AFL Fantasy. Which, th- that has to happen for it to be equitable, doesn't it? Because then those teams will then subsequently have a buy in the coming weeks, which means they wouldn't, if yes. they didn't get that price change, it just wouldn't be fair across well, the board. Well, it so. affects their quote-unquote average, which yeah. is what the site uses to generate their break-evens and their price cycle. So okay. AFL Fantasy is a five-score rolling price average. It's all very technical, but it, it does affect their... The movement of the prices, um, you know, in in the the early weeks, especially more so than later weeks. Right. But effectively, for fantasy purposes, those teams that play opening round play one fewer game than those who don't in the fantasy format. Because to make up for that opening round buy, the teams that play opening round then have an early buy yep. in the first six weeks of the competition, which is again going to throw another spanner in the works. So for people out there who might not be a hundred percent all over it. When do I have to have my team picked by? You've got to have your team picked by round one, okay. which is the second <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking luck. <laughs> Good luck, you pricks. So We're counting from zero this year. It's counting from zero. So oh my opening God. round or round zero does not count. Um, so that is the games where it's effectively all the Queensland and New South Wales team versus a few of the Melbourne teams. Doesn't count for fantasy, but for round one on the official AFL app, uh, it is that's when fantasy starts. So that is the Thursday night Richmond versus Carlton, which will be the first official game that counts for AFL fantasy. Okay, so, so Richmond team... versus Carlton is still our first game for fantasy. Okay, have your team locked in by then. That's 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 the main. I mean, takeaway. we say it's our first game for fantasy, but we are going to be watching so Ooh. closely in that round. Zero, that opening we? round will be like you talk about practice matches. Like mm. that will be the most. Important practice match weekend that we'll ever have. So, yes, that will be very important for us to watch, and you better believe we're going to be covering it when it gets closer. Right, I can't. You got something hanging off your earphones. Hold on a second. I can't look at you straight with (laughs) fluff hanging off your earphones. Oh, thanks for sorting that out live on uh, on the YouTube. Got you covered. I'm back. um, Early buy rounds. Darren wouldn't have done that for you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you back, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're here for, mate. Uh, Made me look good. Um, So, round. Two is going to be the start of the early buy rounds. Yes. So let's go through the teams that have the early buy rounds. So yep. round one, first week of AFL Fantasy, everybody's playing. Beautiful. All right. And then the immediately the next Yo. week, we're going to have to talk about buy rounds. Now, in that. those buy rounds, it's going to be best 18, so which is our normal score for regular buys. Yep. But instead of having the three trades, it'll be a regular two trading week. So... That, we're going to touch on that a bit later. But best 18 is going to be counted for those buy rounds. So those are in round two, three. Round four is the gather rounds. Every team plays then. Yep. And then round five and round six. So in round two, we've got Brisbane and Carlton yep. on a buy. Round three, we've got Gold Coast and GWS Giants on a buy. Round five is Collingwood and Sydney. And round six is Melbourne and Richmond. Um. Other little smaller detail as well is yep. that buy round players are going to be locked after the final game, just like a regular buy period would. So that has some implications in terms of loopholes, captain yeah. VC options, and things like that. We'll so, talk about that in a bit. That, so my my initial sort of thoughts looking at it are, well, we've only got two teams on a buy each of these weeks. Yep. 
Um, so it should be have, pretty manageable. We have the foresight of being able to not necessarily start with some of these players because it's so close to the start of the season. Are we looking to try and field 22 every week of yeah. the guys or at least you know, like 21 if you had a ruck out or something like that? Like, well, well, What do you think? Well, the important thing, and I think this is a good reflecting point. So if we think, cast our minds back to last season, there was... Uh, one of those buy rounds in the middle of last seasons with the regular buys. Now, we had three trades, but it was still a best 18 situation where it was that round where we had Geelong and Gold Coast on the buy rounds. And effectively, the majority of us were able to play 22 players on yep. the field. And it was a big scoring round yep. um, because your worst scores got able to be dropped off. So you had four scores that effectively were able to drop. And if you did pretty well to you know, play that round properly, you got a pretty good score and a jump on the competition. So, um, yes, I do believe in a perfect scenario, in most cases, you should be aiming to field 22 players in the first six weeks. Yep. Um, with, you know, obviously early in the in the year, hopefully Carnage doesn't hit us too early and we've got a lot of rookies and things to plug on our field. Yeah, well, this is, this is um, definitely something I wanted to discuss was the fact that typically when we're talking buy rounds, we're talking middle of the year. Yeah. And so we're not, we're talking, that's sort of during upgrade season. It's upgrade yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that I sort of thought about that I think is interesting is we're now having a set of buy rounds, but they're during that, that fix-up time. What yeah. did we call it last year? We yeah, call it it's fix-up fix trades. Fix-up yeah. trades. So... It's, it's really interesting because if, if you don't end up with too many fix-up trades, you could get really sort of spicy with your, your trading. Yeah, sideways yeah. and premiums off their buys and stuff like that. But if you do that and then suddenly you have an injury, you have yeah. a couple of fix-ups that need to be made, you really could be left outside alone. That, that is a good point. Like it is a total different cycle of the AFL fantasy, I guess, yeah. um, you know, what we would normally be doing in the, the upgrade cadence and things like that. Normally it is round five or round six that we do make that first upgrade. I think last year we had the, the famous false start where oh, I think Doherty got injured. and We did the Connor Rosie, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We uh, went a bit early, but it is normally <laughs> around that round five or six that we are yeah. trying to make that first upgrade trade. So, um, And with the fact that we're going to have opening round, and this will be probably the first point we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, is with that price being factored into it, say like a rookie, like a K Chandler comes yep. out, scores a 100 in the first opening round. Now that won't affect our scores, but you better believe that's going to affect his price. Everyone's going to have that player. Yep. So I, I am forecasting that we're not going to... I mean, maybe if they don't play opening round, but we're probably not going to miss some of the must-have rookies, yes. at least in that first week. So perhaps the necessity of doing those fix-up trades for rookies might be a little bit less this season. Yeah, it could well be. Um, That's good point. But again, it does potentially... It, it's all going to come down to what happens in that opening round. Maybe yeah. there's no rookies that put their hand up in, in that time and we are still scratching our heads and going, okay, well, what the hell are we doing with these rookies? And are we able to make a, a you know guns and rookie strategy um, mm. viable? But mm. it is going to be very interesting to um, have a look at that opening round. But I guess like the first main point here is players who play the opening rounds, they obviously have their buy early on. They're playing yep. one fewer games than players who don't play opening round. Like, I guess the broad question here that I want to start off with is, are we picking any of them? Because you're going to get one fewer game of them. Yeah. Are we picking players in some scenarios and not other scenarios? Like, what, what's your initial thoughts? And, and I guess, like, just starting the conversation there. Like, what, what are you thinking so far about these early buy rounds? Uh, my, mind, my mind's frazzled, to be honest. Like I said, I'm, I'm the lay person. But, um, it, well, it's very new, right? Like, it's, yeah. we've never had to deal with this. My initial thought is, is, is you can't... Um, 
you can't grab a premium at, at the very least sort of off for that round two or three buy because you're missing a premium score when everyone else is getting one. Yeah. Um, but then, but they're not like I can see scenarios where you could even make exceptions. So like Tom Green, for example, has a round three buy. Yes. He's around one and two. North West Melbourne Coast. and North. West Coast. Yes. So like in that scenario that I was talking about before where you wanted to get aggressive and you thought, oh, I can probably, you know, I've probably, I think I've picked everything right. I'm not going to have to make too much yeah, fix-up yeah, trades. Yeah. Could you do? Could you get Tom Green's two 120-plus scores potentially and then trade into Sam Walsh? You who's know, coming off his mark? Exactly, who yes. people think is value. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? So That's, like, I, yeah. I know I'm probably not, this is probably, you know, I'm not straight batting straight, like straight away on the podcast. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about just like risque stuff. But I just think that there, there is a few different things to unpack. Look, that could be a play. The, the concern that I have is, I mean, we talk about AFL fantasy, a week being a long time in AFL yep. fantasy. You're, you know, you're banking on the fact that you're going to get two good weeks out of Tom Green, number one. Yes. Um, yeah. You're also banking on the fact that you're not going to have any carnage come round three. There's a lot of ifs. Um, and then also, you're also banking on the fact that, you know, someone like a Sam Walsh comes out and does what we expect him to do. So, yep. um, you could be left up the creek, couldn't you? You could be, but it could be, a, it could be a play. It, it, like, I'm not putting it past that being a play. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of the strategy is going to be different. Yeah. Um, and, with it being the first time that it's been like this, I mean, we don't necessarily have the concrete answers. The way I, and the next podcast we're going to talk about, um, you know, our lessons from last year, but the way I'm leaning towards it is that I, and I think if you go back and listen to the interview with Darren, he's he's sort of, you know, I'm following his advice and yep. and saying Wise no. Man. Yeah, well, he Literally. seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no premiums. In the early buy rounds, and yeah. I'm I'm going to put extra emphasis on the midfielders yeah. because we've talked about it before that midfielders there's a, there's heaps of them right. There's a lot of gun players that play in the midfield that we can select in our fantasy team. Um, Tom Green, you know, we talked about those first two matchups. He might smash out 120s in those first two rounds. Yeah, but there also also might be five other midfielders that do the same thing that don't have that early buy. So I think that just for the sake of um, you've got. Lots of other options. And my blanket rule this far is no premium midfielders with an early buy. I do believe it's a little bit different in the other lines because we are a little bit more thin of positions. Yep. But um, I think we'll touch on that early. But that's for the premiums. Yep. What about mid prices? Like, well, yeah. Can I, in terms of the mid prices, um, let me throw a couple of names at you and yep. we'll just like discuss some yep. some cases. So, like, some people that have been. Talked about popular, um, Zach Williams yep. in the back line. He has a round two buy, round so two, straight yep. up. Yep. So he's an interesting one because I, I, what I feel is what will happen is people will set themselves around zero line. So if, if Zach Williams comes yeah, out and scores, scores 140 yeah. in round yeah. zero, then you're like, fuck, well, I can't miss that double price change because yep. then I'm not getting him at the same price as everyone else. But if Zach Williams comes out and gets... An 80, 80 yeah. which would still be good considering his value. Price, but but not it's like, tr- can I get on him in two weeks and, yeah. and get the, it's the, uh, what do you call it? The, the cost, um, opportunity cost yeah. of the yeah. points that you would get if you didn't have him. Right. So that that's kind of my sweeping statement is that with a lot of these mid prices, we'll probably set ourselves a line. Yeah. And, and, go, well, and the they- hardest thing is going to be if like someone scores like that, you know, say Brody Grundy comes out and scores. 85. Oh, it's going to be... Well, these are the other names I want to throw to you is because... Go, let's go um, Flanders, Adams, Grundy. 
Yes. From the talk that I've heard, I can see a lot of teams going like, I like all three of well, those guys. They all have the same buy round. Uh, Adams is, Adams and Grundy have got five. Flanders has got three, I three. think. Yeah, okay. he's round three. Um, so, and this is the other thing, we're going to start to memorize these, yeah, <laughs> these early do. buys. Um, so, and this is the other thing in terms of like, well, what do you, what do you consider a premium? Yeah. What do you consider a mid-pricer? And I think there's two differences between where they're priced at and what they're going to function in your team you as. Yeah. So, for example, someone like a Grundy is is priced at a mid-pricer, like he's 677000 yeah. which is mid-pricer price. But in terms of what we would expect, if you're having Brody Grundy in a regular season, in a normal year, you would be expecting to put him into your team and run him up at least to his normal buy round and then look to trade him there once you've got your team, quote-unquote, full of premiums. Like, he would be the last person you'd be trying to upgrade to an English or something like that. Yeah. But in this year, if you're considering him a, quote-unquote, mid-price, I mean, the, the true definition of a mid-price, it was someone like, for example, Warple last year, yeah. who... You get him in for some early cash generation, and then it's okay to chop him, <laughs> chop him off, Warple. get Warple. him out of your team, and get him up to a proper and premium. And didn't chop him that way. And I didn't chop him, and it was a great move. Um, <laughs> but, good, fucking <laughs> but like, or like a Callahan, Finn Callahan yeah. last year was another example. Oh, um, these guys where that that kind of early upgrade season where you might not have enough cash to get like the basement rookies up to a premium, but you do have enough cash to get those mid prices up. So someone like a Zach Williams, I think, falls more into that camp. Yeah. But a Brody Grundy doesn't because I think you're going to have higher priorities in terms of quote unquote upgrading. Um, Grundy is interesting too because he's on a line that you may not be able to cover mm. for a buy. So you may concede that on the, if you if you own Grundy on the week that you own Grundy, you might yeah, be conceding twenty one unless you have. Are we going to have an R, a playing R three? Well, this is the question. And if we do, like historically, they don't score. They don't very score well. well. Yeah, you might, you might and get I'm, a I'm usually. I think last year we talked about. I think who was the so Samson Ryan played round one last year, but yeah. we opted to not go to him yeah. because we wanted that loophole. But this year, I would be more inclined to have those 30 green dots because four out of those first six weeks, you're going to have, have a, free loop. A, a loop option regardless. So yeah. I do think 30 green dots, if available, which it might not be, we don't really know yet. Um, if possible, I'd be looking to go there more so than ever this year. Um, but yeah, it is an interesting one. And um, so, so let me throw a few more names at you. So um, Kadeen Coleman. Here's another interesting one. I'd put him in... Oh, see, he's a bit more pricey than a Zach Williams. But if he comes but, out and goes 121st, is it round zero? You yeah. kind of can't ignore that, can you? Especially... He's well, what 628k. He did, what he did in the grand final, combined with the fact that... Is it Rich? Daniel Rich, yeah. He's out. He's obviously retired. So do we see Coleman as just... He's he's the guy. I mean, he's so, he's got such silkies. Silky skills. Surely yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy that they they will want the ball in his hands. And, and he did see a scoring uptick last year when um, Daniel Rich was out. But I do think it is going to be one where... I, I do think that the bottom line is, if they've got an early buy, there's got to be some pretty darn good reasons that they're in your side. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's got to be... Like, if there's... If you're considering between two players who are both value, if the guy has an early buy... And the guy doesn't like you're going with the guy who doesn't yeah. every day of the week if they're if they're anywhere close to a coin flip. Um, so you're gonna have to have I think a pretty good reason to start with a player if they're a mid price or a premium, regardless, to put them in over someone who doesn't. Do um, you think the Do you think the we treat the round two three buys differently to the way we treat the round five six buys? 
This is a good question. <clears throat> I do think so, yes. Especially more for those players like a Grundy, uh, Taylor the, Adams. The who problem are is the bit, price change, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like if you go, oh, well, I'm, I'm fading Grundy because he has around five by. Mm. You go, well, hang on. By the time I get on him, if he does what some people expect him to do, it's like, well, I didn't even actually get the value that I was hoping no, for because he's yeah. now gone up. He's, he's gone up 150K. Exactly. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of, whereas whereas the Sam Walsh, round two by, people see him as value, but let's he say- He might got 50K. Yeah. And yeah. you probably like, and if he's doing what maybe we hope him to do, then you're still happy to get on him at that because yeah, yeah. you're hoping he's he like a 110 still, guy. He might so. be value at that point. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I do think it does make a slight difference. But I don't think it's like night and day. Like yeah. they're still playing one fewer games than the players who don't have a buy. Um, so I do think that it's a difference, but not as much as maybe some people might think of initially. Guys uh, at Gold Coast, Flanders, Anderson, Took, Fuckhead. What do we think? <laughs> Excuse me? What'd you call me? All the relevant players at the Gold Coast. All, all the relevant players. Um, yeah, I mean, again, if we talk about, I mean, most of their relevant players are midfielders. So. Yeah, Tuke Miller. I know he's um, a popular player. Um, like again, I'm going to fall back to that rule of: could I just find a midfielder that is, you know, around his price range yeah. that doesn't have a, a an early buy that's of a similar upside? Jack Steele. Uh, I think I I might be able to do that. Are they priced um, similarly? He and Jack. Yeah, he and Jack. LDU is another one around that price range as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that. Again, I would have to have a pretty darn good reason to go for Took over those guys. Like, I would have to think that he's going to eclipse their scoring by 10, 15 points, which is a big ask, uh, yeah. I, I do think. So, um, the other thing is, so we, we touched on it a little bit before, and, and that's why, again, the midfielders, but if we talk about, like you said before, about Brody Grundy, um, there's just fewer options. Mm. So, or a Taylor Adams, for example, or, or Sam Flanders. Like, if you're not going Sam Flanders, who, who are you are putting you instead? <laughs> like, uh, are you putting Are you putting in Tex Walker, who's the top six averaging forward right now in terms of price? Um, like, yeah, it's the it's the other options I think that will dictate us. And for that reason, if you are forced to go with some of those guys like a Flanders, like a Taylor Adams, like a Grundy, well, you've already got three guys with an early buyers. I do think you want to limit the overall amount of early buy players you have in your team. I put a poll up actually a few days ago um, about how many people have got players with early buys in their team. Um, And it was surprising to me the amount of people that answered. 44% of people on this poll answered that they've got rookies, prices, and one to two mid prices. So more than just... Wait, know. sorry, premiums as well? Yeah, they've got one or two premiums, they've got mid-prices and they've got rookies all in there. So my guess whether is they've got at least sort of five or six players in the early buy rounds. Well, maybe maybe people would consider sort of Flanders and... Um, I would consider Flanders Grundy, a premium. Like he's Grundy potentially premiums. Like you said, what it's it's the battle whether it's their average... What they're priced at, sorry, or, or what yeah. we expect them to do. But what... The, the thing too is like, so let's say a guy like Flanders, he's got the early buy, but we, it, the way it's shaping up, we expect him to be, if he stays in that role, a, a comfortably a top 640. He could even yep. be an F1 kind of guy. but And he's potentially value too, is yeah. the other key point. So I guess with a, a line where there's, like you said, we're so so um, little or few options. It's kind of just like we suck it up. We we pay for the I guy so. that we know is yeah. going to be there, and we just cop that. Yeah, I, I think you would only sort of change your decision making if you looked at your team and you had more than two guys on any one line yeah. that had a buy at the same time. Yeah, because so, then you go, well, I, I 
literally can't cover this and play 22. Well, so an example might be in the defence. Zach Williams, Kadeen yeah. Coleman, both have round two. Yeah. Um, do you have to make a decision with between one or the other? Yeah. I know there's a price difference. There's about 200K difference between Zach Williams and Kadeen Coleman. Um, but you're starting round two with two players off your defence. Defender rookies in previous seasons have <laughs> usually, after been, round one. <laughs> usually been pretty average. Injury. Um, so, you know, there's not a whole lot, at least early on, that I can see a lot of high-scoring defender rookies, at least at a, yeah. like a, a lower price tag, that you'd be pretty confident putting it out into your field. I know they might get dropped, but you want at least the potential of them coming up and, and scoring a 70 yeah. or an 80. Um, whereas I just, early stages, again, it's January 2nd right now, we're recording this. I just don't see that happening. So I do think it is something to, you know, if you've got the, the premium feature on that AFL fantasy, um, you know, that assistant coach, you can go and have a look. Okay, on each of my lines, do I have players on the same buy round early on? And if, if you do, I do think it's something that you might want to consider looking for alternatives. Um, yeah, and, and having a play around with making sure that you can get 22 players on the field in, in those early buy rounds, with the exception maybe of that ruck line if yeah. there's no playing R3. Talk to me. Talk to me about this this guns and rookies stuff because I've never lived in a world where guns and rookies has been the strategy. So what's what the hell is guns and rookies? Yeah. So guns and rookies is that's the old school way of playing AFL fantasy as far as I'm uh, aware. Again, I started playing in 2019. So and at the time I had no idea what I was doing. So <laughs> <laughs> so and you do now? Yeah, mate. I'm a two time near hat winner. <laughs> <laughs> two time near hat. Winner. If how about, the, if how about that fella that we were watching on YouTube the other day that's played two seasons, one two. Yeah, rounds. JD, I think he was. Uh, shout out to him. Um, right. Yeah, just waltzes in. Just, you know, right. super coach guy, tries his AFL fantasy thing. And How good start. Yeah, makes, makes me feel a bit angry. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for bringing um, it up. No, that's all right. I think so. The, the guns and rookie strategy, obviously, rookies, no matter how good a mid-pricer is, are rookies, they're, they're all priced at, what, 30s, essentially. Yep. So rookies are going to make the most amount of cash out of everyone in our team. They're going to make the, the most of cash um, and the premiums are probably still going to score the most or we have the most confidence in them scoring the most. So the idea between a guns and rookies stage is we've got the, the gun players are going to score you the points. Yep. The rookies are going to generate you the cash. It's going to be a quicker um, increase in your overall team value so you can get that full team of premiums onto your field sooner rather than later. Okay. The mid prices have come into... Vogue recently and accelerated in popularity because if you get the right one and if they pop early, they can generate cash whilst giving you premium type scores yeah. and then allow you to um, get to those full team of premiums first. And you've also got the ability to, if they do fail, just it's an easy sideways move to go to the mid price. So that does pop. Whereas if yeah. you're in that guns and rookies structure, if there is a mid price that does pop, You've got to go down from a premium yeah. and then get another guy up, and it is a little bit more tricky to make that work because sometimes you don't want to, you know, get rid of a premium or yeah. you know you don't want to color rookie early. So it's a little bit. It makes those early fix-up trades a little bit more difficult, in my opinion. Um, but with four out of our first six rounds being best eighteen, are those mid prices going to be? that much better than the one or two rookies that might be included in that 18. You know, because yeah, every year so we've got like considering it. Okay. A, a random rookie that comes out and scores a 90 or, yeah. um, you know, we might have this year like a Colby McKercher if he's got that um, 
halfback uh, role. A halfback role mm. like they did in North last year, then he's probably going to be part of our best 18. And, and some of those rookies that you know do elevate themselves into that kind of high-scoring territory. So okay, interesting. It, it does kind of lend itself a little bit more. I still think that there is a place for the right mid-pricer. Yeah. But it does have to be the right one, which it does kind of have to be every year um, in, in that case. But I do still think that, like you said before, the the fact that these buy rounds are coming at that time where we are doing those fix-up trades, I still firmly believe that you don't want to limit that opportunity for you to have the flexibility to sideways those mid-prices that flop to the ones that are going off rather than sidewaysing players on their buys just to get players playing. Yeah. Okay. But that's just my early thoughts at this stage. Um, so... Any uh, so the other things that we want to cover, I guess. Um, again, what what are we what are we how we approach that early round zero? Like, what are we looking for? So, in terms of when we're looking at practice rounds, yeah, we're looking for role, of course. Pro, like you know, you know, we're not really worrying about score so much, but when a round zero, when the score affects their price movement, how are we going to use that? in like assessing players for our, our starting squad. I think like I mentioned in terms of the scoring in round 0 it's going to be it's going to be a, a matter of giving yourself a bit of a line. And I think yeah. something that I'll talk about in our next podcast lessons from last year is is trying to not let emotion dictate the decisions yeah. that you yeah. make and so go asking yourself what do I what, what's my line on on Zach Williams let's yeah. for example and what what score does he have to give me to make me pick him? Uh, pre-round one and cop his round two buy. Yeah. Um, I think if you kind of boil it down to something like that, you do all your research, you work out, okay, what's his likely price increase, all of these little factors that contribute, and you say, if he scores X, I pick him. If he doesn't score X, I sit, and then I can still pick him after round two. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that would be my idea of what I'm going to be watching in terms of scores. But the other thing that I thought is, even though the scores are influential from round zero... Bro, I'll be looking at roll too because it's yeah. like the ultimate practice game. It's the practice game where the points actually count. So, yeah, so well, coaches the coaches are, gonna are be, not going to be fucking around. Exactly. Like, so you're going to be playing silly buggers. It's, you're going to get a straight insight into yeah. it's premiership what, points. what the coach thinks of player X, player Y. Yeah. So we're going to see where rookies are likely to be playing. We're going to be seeing who's in the midfield rotation for some of these teams. So, like, for example, some of the teams that we're watching closely, I want to see what Dimmer's doing up at the Gold Coast. So I want to see mm-hmm. what, what is... Uh, what role is Flanders in? Is he in that role that he was to finish last year? I want to see what he does with Bailey Humphrey. I want to see. Um, I want. To, I mean, I want to have a look at the Sydney midfield mix. We've got yep. some relevant Sydney players, so yep. I don't know whether Callum Mills be playing, but I want to know what Taylor Adams is doing. I suspect it'll be inside. Um, James, James Jordan. Jordan is yep. the other name Errol I was looking Goulden, for. Like how much yeah. is he on the wing? Exactly. So like Sid- Sydney suddenly have an influx of these guys that have probably been promised some sort of mid time. What does that look like? So round zero is going to be like crucial for scores mm-hmm. because the, the, the scores influence the pricing, but I think it's going to be so much more um, crucial to be looking at role and, and structure. The other thing that I also thought of while, while you were um, chatting there is just the, um, the matchup as well. So one of the, the most interesting battles, I think, in the preseason that everyone's going to be watching is that Brody Grundy versus Max Gordon matchup. Gordy. Because the Gordy's going to be back in fashion this year. They oh, both yeah. present value, obviously. Um, and there's a, there's a world where you have both. You can't They've both got a buy. Well, that's the th- but they both present value. They're both different buys. And like the yeah. numbers suggest that they both could be... In a normal year, 
if they both did have a buy, I think the vast majority of us would go both Max and Gorn. Uh, sorry, Gorn and Grundy. If you pick both of them, how are you going to pick Sherry? Oh, that's <laughs> the thing there, mate. We're going back to the island. But, like, thinking of that, though, say Grundy comes up and he's got Max, a difficult opponent. So, do we give him a little bit more leeway in terms of his scoring because it's Max? And we go, okay, well, the next week he's going against Collingwood and against Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. So, Big Cox. If he scores gonna get like a Cox, 85, mate. is that really like on a regular opponent like 100? What's he priced at exactly? 75, I want to say. Um, Grundy, that is. But the problem is he's got a later buy. He's got the round five, five buy. Yeah. So, see, I, I don't think even if, if he scores at 85 in the first, I think you still have to pick him because like let's say even let's say he's he goes 85, 85, then he goes kind of 95, then he goes a low 100, then he like you're still yep. going to lose so much value by the time you pick him yep. that it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth. It's still an eye on is he an 85% ruckman or okay, is so he is he a 70% ruckman? So for him it's more role than than output in I, I think zero. I think so. Um, I'm also going to stress on someone like a Grundy and a Taylor Adams players who are a little bit on the older side, the mm. eye test. I know you hate old people. I hate old people. You over 30 rule. <laughs> what, what a prick. But the eye test, I think, is will going to be important. Like, like, What are you going to do when we're over 30 in a few years? Oh, just park it, I reckon. Just <laughs> Park up. He's done. Park up. <laughs> Which probably only gives you one more, one more good year left. Um, How many years till you're 30? We're the same age, mate. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, one more I'm, year. I'm a little younger is, than is you, this, I think, actually. <laughs> yeah, why, what? A few weeks? Um, it's this year or bust, really. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, looking at how Grundy's moving, like, is he... Is he like, And how are they using him in the Sydney midfield? Yeah. Like, is he is he linking up with part of the midfield? Is is he, you know, taking some of those marks Doing and, and, and looking, years, looking like the Grundy of old? Or yeah. is he, you know looking like a 90 averaging Ruckman kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that eye test will be very important as well as the the stats and the yeah. the, the role and things like that. Um, anyone else from those early buyers that we've touched on? Uh, I've got a few players here that I just want to maybe throw out there that are popular, especially some guys that are a bit higher in ownership. Throw them to me, mate. Sam Walsh. He is someone who, at the moment, is selected by... Um, yeah. Not the forwards, how many people? He's selected by 34% of the competition, which to me, and I get it, I understand in if it was a normal season, year, yeah. he would be in my team. Yeah. But for this season, he's got the round two bye. I don't think there's a world where I'm starting Sam Walsh in my, so, in my team to start the year. And he's priced at? He's priced at, so he's 854k. I believe that's priced around 95. So let's say he goes and, let's, so let's say people expect him to be a 105 guy. Maybe if they're yeah. if they're picking, maybe maybe they're optimistically thinking one ten. Okay, so like let's say he comes out in round one and he does one oh five. Yep. So round zero he does one oh five. Yeah, versing the Brisbane Lions round, at the Gabba. Tough game. Yeah. Then he goes round two. He goes one ten. Let's say optimistically, his his price has not going to fl- fl- like, completely get away. It's not going to get you. away from you because the way my understanding is the way the pricing mechanism works is that it that those top guys are more likely to... Well, the magic number is highest at the start of the year. Yeah. Okay. And you've got rookies that are performing well above where they're priced at. So so he'd, he'd have to be going 140, 140, bang, bang, to get up to make you feel like, fuck, I missed, you know, yeah. I missed him. Yeah. Probably, because I mean, you missed the score and you missed the price increase. But yeah. it's, like, it's like what... 
percentage chance do we think he's going to come out and just go bang, yeah. bang on Brisbane? And then you said who else? Uh, so he's got Brisbane and then Richmond, obviously opening yeah, the, okay. the season with Richmond's that. He does have games. North Melbourne immediately after his bye in round three. Well, then that um, that's perfect me, time to jump exactly, on that's if you me want me to. Makes like, okay, so let's say, he's, let's say you know, you get unlucky, he goes up. 50k. The other thing with Sam Walsh, and I'm, I'm, we're staying on him because he's popular, um, yeah. is that like we assume he's going to come back to his you know one his average one and nine in the past, but he did that in a purely inside role. Yeah, like there's no guarantee that he's going back into that role this year. Docky moved into the midfield. They've still got Patrick Cripps there. What's going on with someone like a George Hewitt? Like yeah. how much is Adam Chera inside? Like it's not as if we can just. You know, put him in, lock him in as an eighty percent midfielder because yeah. they've shown in the past that they don't mind him starting in the forward line, coming up to the stoppages. They don't mind him playing a little bit of wing. Like he's yeah. he's versatile to a fault in fantasy that he can be used in a number of different ways. So someone like him, theoretically, he has value, but he also might not. Like he might not be the one five one ten guy that we yeah. want him to be. I also think that. Um Carlton was so good at the back half, half of last year. And I think part of that was because they didn't really have too much piggish behavior in terms of fantasy. They just kind of all got on the same page and just went with it. Maybe other than um, back line. Nick, is it Nick? Um, no. Nick, Nick Newman? Newman? Yeah. Newman's yeah, yeah. Um, this is not to say, we're not sitting here saying that, that Walsh isn't value because like no, you said, I, in any I, other season, any other year, just he might would be a case of like after round two. He's just know. someone that I'm pushing back on. The only other one that I really want to touch on who is in 57% of teams right now, and that is Nick Dacos, who, you know, we didn't start with last oh, year. No, <laughs> don't tell me everyone's stuff. Should have. Is that because Are when you're fading him again? When you first sign into fantasy, your team comes up and it's the defenders you pick it's first. The top one, yeah. So it's like, they're like, oh, Nick Dacos. <laughs> he was bloody good. Yeah, anyone and, who's just joining for the first time, fuck, he's at the top of the list. He must it, be all right. And if I go through and I look at, okay, what do I expect Nick Dacos to average this season? I yeah. actually do think he has a chance to take another step up. Like it's only his third year. That guy's so good. He moved into the midfield more and more as the season went on. And as he did go into the move midfield, he averaged better. Right. And he also has an injury-affected score with his last game. Obviously, he got fingered and broke his, <laughs> broke his bone. And... Uh, by the way, we're trademarking that. Um, and I heard it's been... Oh, hey, I reckon... Let it, let what, it go. What, yeah, it's been co-opted by some members of the community. Yeah, Everyone's which we're all about. We're all about. Getting on it. Uh, getting on the finger. Um, <laughs> but... And, and he also has Finn early in the year. Yeah. I think he's got him round five, I want to say, or round four, immediately before his early buy. This like, is the worst... Like, this, this is the worst scenario I can imagine in my mind. So, last year, all the evidence pointed to having Dacos. Yeah. And I chose not to. And now I'm Luke Rogerson, not Luke Hat. <laughs> and, and this year, all the evidence probably is saying like, oh, don't start with Dacos. He's highly priced and he's got to buy. Yeah. And you watch. I won't start with him again. Yeah, he's going to... Yeah. <laughs> Which is meant to be the good move this time. You watch him in an opening round. He versus, I want to say, yeah, he versus the GWS Giants. I don't see him getting a tag in, in a game like that. They Should don't typically tag. Um He's going to go nuts. Like he's going to come out. He's going to look incredible. He's robbed of a brown low, um, in my opinion. So he's going to be hungry. He's going to be thirsty. But is he worth starting at his price tag? It's going to be also a, an issue of well, he's going to be extremely highly owned. So if yeah. you don't go with him and he pops off and hurts you, is it going to be hard to watch those first three to four rounds without Dacos in the your side? Is yes. <laughs> um, or because he's so highly owned. And you fade him. He gets fingered in round four, and, um, and has a buy in round. You, you look, yeah, buy in round five, five. You're looking pretty, 
pretty good in those two rounds and mm. you might get a jump on him in round seven or eight where you might get him at a cheaper price. Just something to consider. I, yeah. I was very shocked to see the fact that he is one of the most popular players in AFL Fantasy at the moment. Um, I want to say he actually is the most popular. Yes, he is actually... Oh, actually, sorry, no. Harley Reid is the most popular, but yeah. of the premium players, he is the most selected premium in the game and he does have that early buy around and I would say he's fairly priced at this stage. He's a gun. He's a gun. There's, There's no, no question about that. But just an interesting one to think of. There's a few other guys that we might touch on. Obviously, next week, we're going to be going through our defenders and the week after that, our yeah. mids and forwards and rucks and all that sort of good stuff. We'll touch on all the relevant players there. But just when it comes to talking early buy rounds, I think it's a, it's an interesting one to talk about. Definitely is, man. All right, we, see, we said this one would only go for a little bit, but we just get carried away, don't yeah, we? Go on, it's time to talk <laughs> AFL fantasy. It's very exciting. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube if you are watching along. What are your thoughts and how are you going to tackle the early mm. buy rounds? Are you going to be trying to limit as much as you can? Do you just want to not worry about it too much? Pick your favorite players, which is, again, a decent strategy as well. So Yeah, maybe let, some people like to have fun playing this game, eh? Wouldn't know them, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us know down there, guys. And if you are excited, make sure if you haven't already, give this video a big thumbs up. Right, give yeah. us a five-star rating over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Even if you, if you, you haven't like already. Just, yeah, even if you didn't, just you know, be a good bloke. <laughs> just chuck it, or, or a good gal. And uh, chuck the old <laughs> thumbs up. Hit subscribe. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Laters. Oh, I've oh. the transition. <laughs>